RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. It's Tuesday morning, and every Tuesday morning, or most Tuesday mornings, we cross over the ditch, as they say, to Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and Tim Wilms of the Unshackled.net. And Tim is with us right now. Hi, Tim. Welcome back. Uh, good to be back, uh, Paul. It's obviously a lot happens when uh, we take a, a week off. Uh, so we've had our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, uh, escape uh, the, the the country uh, from uh, scrutiny, well, a scheduled visit to Joe Biden at the White House. Then we went to the rest home. <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> It's basically and shared some pureed tomatoes with Joe, right? Protection bubble, basically. Yeah, okay. And yeah. now he's off to see Xi Jinping uh, in the People's Republic of of China. China uh, escaping yep. his uh, voice uh, defeat, uh, but it's still a business as usual for the Aboriginal industry here in Victoria. Was that a personal defeat for Albanese? Because it seemed like he was kind of at the end of that process, like, oh, well, if it goes this way, go, you know, if it goes the other, well, you know, he, he was kind of like that. Or is that the wrong impression? I think it's uh, he certainly is politically damaged. Uh, so Parliament uh, was back last week, immediately after uh, the defeat of the, the Aboriginal Voice referendum. And obviously opposition leader Peter Dutton uh, went in hard saying that, uh, are you uh, even though you say that you accept the result of the Australian people? Are you still going to proceed uh, with the other aspects of the Uluru Statement uh, from from the Heart Truth Treaty? Uh, there's twenty six million dollars in the budget for a Makarata Commission, and uh, isn't that a dance? Do the Makarata? No, uh, it's oh. a, 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 it's uh, from an indigenous language, uh, which, uh, well, uh, one meaning that Anthony Albanese uh, says is that it's coming together after a struggle. Uh, but uh, there is a another interpretation, which is uh, spearing a, a a person so they were permanently injured. Uh, oh, that's so, nice. Okay. So there's there's multiple meanings. Yeah, so um, how how's this defeat being explained away? Well, obviously, those who pushed it. So we had uh, the week of silence uh, from the, uh, the the nameless Aboriginals who uh, supported uh, the uh, the voice referendum, having the voice in the constitution. Uh, so they they broke uh, their silence at the end of last week. Uh, with well, basically they uh, doubled down and have gone full uh, black sovereign uh, movement. Uh, so oh, they said okay. that uh, the uh, that that uh, the truth is, this is a direct quote, is that the majority of Australians have committed a shameful act, whether knowingly or not, and there's nothing positive to be interpreted from it. We need truth to be told to the Australian people. And uh, they said that uh, basically they repeated the the black uh, black sovereign uh, sovereign motto that our sovereignty has never been ceded. Uh, always, but, but there was never any sovereignty in the first place, was there? As such, just trying to clarify. Oh well, uh, the High Court made up the Marbo uh, decision where oh, they right. avoided uh, terra nullis, 
and said that uh, na- uh, that uh, native uh, title uh, can still exist under uh, British common law, even if they don't know it themselves. Well, they they just ruled that uh, oh, it's it's not no man's land, and so this is why we got uh, this uh, native uh, native title, uh, basically industry. It's uh, uh, Australian historian Keith Winshuttle called it the uh, the Great Land uh, Giveaway, uh, where uh, we have uh, almost fifty uh, percent of the the country now under under native title and they're basically run by these land councils land corporations like uh, communist nations uh, so uh, the indigenous people living on it they they have no rights uh, to their own property uh it's hard for them to well start a business uh, to make profit for themselves because it's all got to be shared with the with the right. tribe and uh well the land council and they the land councils get all the royalties and are supposed to distribute it for the benefit of the community uh but of course there's a uh, lots of uh, corruption that's why the first aboriginal voice uh, the aboriginal and torres strait islander uh, commission set up by uh paul keating uh, it was uh, ended up being abolished by the Howard government in the 2000s because of corruption. Yeah, I'm just thinking, um, you know, okay, they've been roaming the land for 40,000 years. Oh, I'd say 60,000 years, sorry. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've got to get the right. narrative right. Yeah, sorry about that. It was a few extra tens of thousands of years, and and, and that's fair enough. And, um, you know, there have been plenty of... Uh, humans and civilizations that have roamed around on land for longer than that even. But if you don't have a concept of property rights or of sovereignty or anything like that, it, it's kind of, kind of weird imposing it. No, nothing's been done. 60,000 years later, you know, <laughs> uh, no, nothing was done with the land. It was basically in uh, nothing, nothing was built. Although obviously, uh, Bruce Pascoe, who's a fake Aboriginal, he wrote a a fake uh, history called Dark Emu, which claimed that they were agriculturalists. Basically, they were advanced as ancient Rome. Uh, so to try to uh, yeah. try, try to uh, get rid of uh, the uh, the established history that they were uh, hunter gatherers, because that. Uh, Dis, uh, that uh, d- apparently disparages them. It's of- it's fine being a hunter gatherer. There is nothing wrong with being a hunter gatherer. It is what it is. Oh well, right. Uh, the embrace of uh, Bruce Pascoe's uh, alternative uh, history, uh, if I use the polite term, uh, seems to have have changed that. Uh, so and but there's been a lot of uh, Indigenous Australians who've been offended that their history is uh, there's this fabrication of their 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 history and uh, rebuke uh the main whistleblower of that uh, was a uh, aboriginal lawyer by the name of josephine cashman uh she was also a voice a, a voice against the voice uh it, it, that's a bit of a tongue twister there yeah, yeah. so she blew the whistle on this and anti-voice that- voice <laughs> yes. Uh, she, uh, for that, she was sacked uh, from the then Indigenous Australians Minister Ken Wyatt's uh, advisory uh, council. Wow. Okay. So um, how are they, the the yes side, explaining the no's ability or success in communicating their message? Um, I know you've just told us um, 
that uh, is that uh, person who's who said that uh, people um, unwittingly um, have you know done a terrible thing, but obviously people kind of knew enough to go yes or no. So with the budget and the firepower of the yes campaign failing, how do they how do they explain that? If not to admit that people just don't want this. Well, in that statement, obviously, obviously it is it, it the the narrative that's been put forward by well the mask the the mask off radicals. I mean, it's by that statement they basically always were radicals, but they yeah. were putting forward uh, this uh, friendly face. And Anthony Albanese said, oh, "I know it off by heart. Uh, this was a a gracious." modest uh, request invitation from indigenous australians well he says well he accepts uh, the uh the verdict of the australian people he says he had no regrets because this is what indigenous australians asked us to do 250 uh people signed this Uluru statement there's way more than that in indigenous australians throughout uh, the whole country uh so uh there was the the the, the spin that or oh, this is uh, australia can't uh, is unable to face its uh it's a uh, colonial uh past and then there was those who said that this was a vote against indigenous australians which it wasn't uh but then there's also it also, those who blamed the no vote on myths and disinformation. Oh, I was wondering so, when that would come up. Yeah. So Thomas Mayo, a prominent uh, Yes campaigner, communist sympathiser. And there has been many people have actually questioned uh, whether he does have Torres Strait Islander heritage. He was born there. Uh, but there there have been a number of people who, well, who uh, dispute that he is actually ethnically Simple Sorry. DNA test would solve that one. Oh, you can't have can't have that. That's not part not. of actual uh, test. Uh, but uh, he was born there, so he is indigenous to those islands. Which, by definition, I'm indigenous because I was born in Australia. But we know that's not how it works. No, you uh, just so- parachuted in, mate. Sorry. It, it, yeah. I was parachuted in. I'm apparently uh, over 250 years old. Okay, so yes. um, mis- so dis- mis- and disinformation. So that's what been- he blamed Thomas Mayo. Yeah, and so yeah, we've had uh, we've had this uh, release uh, prior to the voice referendum uh, from the commun- federal communications minister Michelle Rowland. The mis- and the mis- and disinformation bill would empower our communications and media authority ACMA. Uh, to eventually strong arm social media companies uh, to have codes of practice that can enforce. You mean censor anything they don't want? Yes, yes, that's deemed harmful for a wide variety of reasons, uh, even uh, uh, to the environment and health of the nation. And of course, alarm bells go off there uh, because of the censorship during the 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 COVID uh, regime, and also if there's content that's published on social media against the climate change narrative would that be yeah. deemed harmful uh, to australia's environment mis and disinformation yeah how's that excess death rate going there at the moment do you know well we are doing worse than than sweden i think we all are <laughs> yeah okay let's not get hung up on that right now um where does that leave old johnny farnham's you're the voice 
Well, I don't think we're going to, well, I, I certainly am not going to enjoy that song anymore. I think, it, well, it's definitely going to be the last time it's ever going to be used in a political campaign, if you'll pardon the pun. Yeah, um, maybe they should have just left that one alone because if that wasn't going to win, the song is kind of dead now. Although we we did have, after The Voice, say, a musician, uh, Shane Howard, uh, the lead singer of uh, Goanna, whose uh, most famous song is uh, Solid Rock, uh, which uh, wasn't actually about rock music, was about... Airs Rock. Uh, Airs right? Rock. Uluru. Yeah, yeah. Which I've actually gone back to calling it Airs Rock now, since if apparently everything's going to be renamed in... Uh, given an Indigenous name, then... Um, welcome to New Zealand. Yeah. I, as a white Australian, I'm going to call it the traditional uh, white Australian name. Uh, so it's yeah. it says rock to me. I mean, we've had uh, the New South Wales Premier, uh, Chris Minns, decide that the new Sydney Metro train Pitt Street Station will be called Gadigal Station. Uh, after the Gadigal people, the traditional owners or customers. Were they big into railways? I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, that'll be discovered by some other other historian in a, in a new book. Uh, so, yes, uh, Pitt Street Station will be Gadigal Station, uh, which I, uh, I'm not sure how, uh, how you're meant to know uh, where Gadigal Station is since apparently all of Sydney is... Uh, it is a Gadigal country. Yeah, they'd have to um, go for higher resolution naming than that. So the Goana group, Shane Howard uh, guy, um, did you finish off telling us what he was? Yeah, so he handed back no, his uh, Order uh, Order of Australia medal uh, because oh, he can okay. no longer be proud of his uh, country. He was given his OAM uh, for his role in mentoring Indigenous musicians so he of course uh said this uh to patricia carvellis on the abc uh radio national breakfast she was uh, she was one of the most pro voice uh journalists uh during how's she taking it well uh she uh, obviously she has i listened to her the, how's it feel being uh, a loser <laughs> that's what i'm wondering uh, well, obviously, she she, she accused uh, Warren Mundine on the election, sorry, referendum night of uh, spreading myths and, and disinformation. Oh, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, she, uh, she she platformed uh, a lot of uh, well, and uh, of indigenous activists who said, "Oh, yes, this is this is very bad." And uh, so, so, and she asked Labor ministers about this and they don't get it uh so, so they like i said uh with albanese they say that oh we we accept the verdict uh, but uh we still we, we still have no regrets and uh we uh, this will be a very uh, difficult time for indigenous australians you so, mean what they're saying this is a very difficult time for me for getting it wrong is really what it is and let's go supposedly for. The Albanese government uh, was supposed to move on to cost of living, uh, as because that's the the main well, the the main game uh, for ordinary. You mean Australia. what people are really concerned about right now? Yeah. The, the the latest inflation numbers came out last week, so inflation at the end of September quarter is running at five point four percent annually. It was one point two percent for the quarter, which was 
more uh, than was uh, predicted. Uh, Food Bank Australia uh, released a uh, the results of a survey last week that uh, food insecurity is increasing, and this uh, and it was also uh, this this was also a lot of people believe was a factor in uh, why the referendum uh, was voted down or why uh, why. Uh, many Australians voted down because you're talking about all of these things that we need to give the Indigenous Australians, where we give them uh, 40 billion a year. What are you, what are you doing for for me? My grocery bill, petrol bill, has uh, increased. Uh, 40 billion dollars is spent on Indigenous affairs every year. Uh, there's a new slogan that uh, the uh, the Dutton opposition. Uh, and is uh, is putting forward uh, that's audit twenty three instead of yes twenty three audit twenty three, and uh, also uh, the shadow Indigenous Australians uh, minister uh, Senator Jacinta Price uh, from the Northern Territory she uh, she put forward a motion uh, in the the Senate to have a royal commission into uh, child sexual abuse in. Uh, remote Indigenous communities. It was voted down by Labor and the Greens and uh, the uh, independent David Pocock. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think um, from this side, looking at at what you've just been through um, and chatting with a few people about it, it's not that, that people aren't sympathetic to the Indigenous people. There's a great sympathy that, you know, that, history came in, kind of steamrolled them, and and things happened. But I think there's also a view that a lot of this whole thing around the voice and and speaking for Indigenous people is more about the political aspirations and the kind of left-wing philosophies of, of white people. Well, it's it's also a, the 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 grievance industry uh, that has developed like, under the under the guise of uh, uh, indigenous affairs, like a business model, years. right? Yes, and like there there it's by no accident uh, that uh, the 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 lands governed under native title. Uh, are basically communist nations because uh, there were many communists uh, involved in the Aboriginal land rights movement. Uh, Marsha Langton, one of the uh, voice architects. Uh, she's actually in Bali at the moment in a in a conference. I hope that uh, uh, she, uh, she didn't <laughs> before she spoke in Bali. Uh, uh, she was given a, a welcome to country by the the Balinese because it'd be a bit rude of her to I think speak in in Bali uh, without being welcomed there first. Well, they did once blow up a whole lot of uh, Australians and New Zealanders there, so that's Apache history as well. Um, why you'd give them the business, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the ticket clipping, it's the business model. Oh, you know, people can see through that, can't they? Oh yes, they can. And the more that people learned about the voice, how it basically uh, it, it had the potential to legally hamstrung uh, the the or the governing of Australia and economic uh, development, uh, because a lot of these uh, mining uh, projects they're held up because of uh, some uh, they, they, they manage they, they manage just to be one uh, traditional owner who objects because. Uh, uh, you're going to. Uh, th- th- this was a one, uh, a latest one in a 
So one of the the mining companies uh, wanted to do offshore uh, offshore uh, gas exploration, but they were uh, there were there was two issues that prevented them. So there was in imaginary uh, Dreamtime snake, and then there was uh, apparently the whales can speak to them, and so that would affect the whales speaking to them. So a lot of this is also anti. Sorry, the whales speak to the snake. No, the whales speak to the indigenous person. All oh, right, but, but the uh, the 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 gas exploration uh, will damage the Dreamtime snake. Okay, I got you. Um, well, I mean, you know, the, the whale communication, dolphin communication is kind of interrupted by activities, but you know, they seem to have coped with it so far. I guess they adapt like everything else. So I never uh, knew that uh, whales could had telekinesis. Ne- where where, where have you been, Tim? Where have you been? You need to. Uh, they, you need. They, they've never spoken to me. <laughs> well, when it happens, you'll know. All right. Um, another interesting thing, and this is happening in multiple countries, um, especially with large, let's say, Islamic or Muslim populations. This whole um, Israeli Hamas Palestinian uh, conflict, which is seems to be about to really rage, uh, and we know about that. What are, What are you seeing on the streets in Australian well towns, cities? Um, people are out on the street. Who are they? Who who are out there in the most numbers, and is it causing any problems? Uh, so thankfully there's been no more uh, chance of, I guess, the Jews, as happened uh, at uh, the the first uh, uh, pro-Palestine event outside the Sydney Opera House, uh, which was lit up in the Israeli uh, flag colours. Uh, so this is this con- uh, conflict, I uh, the well, we should call it uh, the Israel uh, Hamas war. Yep. War. Uh, yep. It 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 has certainly uh, spilled over into our domestic politics in Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, there's uh, rallies uh, for Palestine pretty much every Sunday, and even though the 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 uh, m- most of the organisers are part of the Antifa communist. Uh, far left uh so the the students for palestine mob that are at university campuses but the the reason why uh they there are so there's tens of thousands of people attending uh is not because of because they're all communist antifa is because they are the they, it's the local muslims uh, there's 800,000 here according to the uh, the last uh, census, uh, right. they they are making up uh, the numbers at uh, at these rallies, and uh, obviously uh, the Labor Party uh, they hold a lot of of uh, seats in Western Sydney, where a lot of Muslims live. Uh, there's many in the southeast of Melbourne and northwest of of Melbourne, and so these uh, Labor MPs, obviously, <laughs> they are thinking in votes. Uh, so Ed Husick, who's a, who's a Labor cabinet minister, he's a uh, he's a Bosnian uh, Muslim. Uh, he uh, he said that uh, he believed that the the Palestinians were being collectively punished. Uh, that was also uh, said by another uh, Muslim. 
Labor Assistant Minister, Anne R. Lee, uh, who's from Perth. And also last week, Tony Burke, who his electorate is in Western uh, Sydney as well. He supported the Canterbury uh, Bankstown Council in southwestern Sydney, where a lot of Muslims live flying the Palestinian flags. We had uh, Palestinian flags flown at our Federation Square on Friday, and there was a vigil uh, for Gaza. Uh, so certainly uh, but it's not satisfying the hardcore radicals they they believe that uh, the La- the labor government it uh, by uh, supporting uh, Israel's right to self defense is complicit in the genocide of Gaza and there's talk that uh, Muslims might not vote for labor at the next election might not vote at all uh, so it's it's not enough for the the radicals who I, I think this conflict is basically the the hardliners on both the Zionist side and on the uh the Palestinian side are, uh, are basically much more hardline. So the the Liberal Party is very much 100 percent behind Israel and uh, Zionist, and so they believe the Anthony that uh, the Albanese government. Uh, has uh, has not uh, been supportive enough of Israel. They abstained from the UN motion uh, that uh, condemning uh, Israel uh, for its actions in Gaza. And Anthony Albanese hasn't swung by uh, Israel uh, like he did as uh, Ukraine, like he did uh, with Ukraine when he was first uh, prior. Well, Ukraine's out of the picture now. I hardly even mentioned. Yes, uh, but it's... <laughs> Anthony Albanese, he was able to stop by Ukraine, but he he can't stop by Israel. Obviously, he's got a busy schedule. Uh, so yeah. Airbus Elbows, he's known. He was in the United <laughs> States uh, with uh, with Joe Biden. It was official state dinner that was uh, scaled back a bit because of the the conflict. So uh, the B fifty twos didn't perform uh, because I think their name is in <laughs> is inappropriate at the moment. Yep. And uh, he came back uh, for an attack. Oh, you mean the group, the B fifty twos? Yes. Oh, were they on the on the card? Were they on the? Yeah, yeah, they were. They were scheduled. Uh, 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 so, yeah, well, yeah, you two wouldn't have been able to do it either because that's a spy plane. No. <laughs> so he came back uh, to attend an Italian festival in his electorate in Sydney. So another another photo op. And yep. uh, now he's off to the People's Republic of China to meet with Xi Jinping, first Australian Prime Minister, to uh, visit the the PRC in seven years. That's uh, interesting. Biden to Xi Jinping. Obviously, he's carrying some sort of message. And and Biden, uh, he was given these notes, obviously by his handlers. He kept. Uh, he, he was basically uh, warning Albanese, or uh, you know, be wary of uh, Xi Jinping. Uh, so I'm glad I'm, I'm surprised that Biden remembered that, and also Biden's trying to get through the Congress the 380 billion uh, AUKUS submarine uh, deal uh, for our uh, nuclear powered uh, submarines, which, well, they're for our uh, self defence, uh, but obviously, wink, wink, we know who they're to deter. Uh, now, a uh, China, uh, th- oh sorry, China. Uh, they yeah. decided to release an uh, Australian journalist they were holding uh, in custody for three years. Well, uh, when I say custody, basically solitary. 
uh, Cheng Lei. Uh, she was returned to her family in, in Melbourne. Uh, so that was some good news. Uh, right. That has sort of uh, allowed Anthony Albanese to, uh, to, to, to go uh, because that issue is resolved. Though he didn't have much luck with Biden about uh, securing Julian Assange's uh, release. Bet he never asked. Oh, he did. Oh, really? uh, apparently, Biden can't interfere with uh, the justice process, even though, well, <laughs> it's it seems even though like- his son seems to avoid everything. Yes, yes, and uh, uh, they've got all the bank accounts and all the money that's gone in for him. But okay, whatever. Yeah, critics of his administration seem to end up on FBI watch lists. Uh, those who uh, were in the Capitol in January six, being in solitary confinement, sentenced to decades in jail. Yep. Oh, dear, what a disaster. Okay, and um, I'm interested in um, Dictator Dan. What's the latest on on Dickie Dan? Oh, well, he is, uh, we assume, uh, still over in New York, lost in New York, uh, which I'm liking it that way. We don't want to see his mug again. Uh, his beady but- eyes. Yes, uh, but he is a successor. Uh, Jacinta Allen is uh, continuing his legacy. Uh, she is uh, still full steam ahead when it comes to uh, treaty uh, with uh, uh, Indigenous uh, Victorians through the the First Peoples Assembly, and uh, the and her, her department of uh, Premier and Cabinet has a a Victoria First Peoples State Relations Unit, uh, which governs our Victoria's Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act and has been uh, surveilling uh, rock climbers in uh, the Grampians National Park. So uh, the maximum fine... Why? Why? Oh, because apparently there's uh, Aboriginal cultural heritage there, which again is uh, this is another thing about uh, these 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 uh, co- these cultural heritage laws. They're basically about locking Australians out of the. So you're not allowed to go laws. anywhere near them. There's no reason for that, is there? They're not what standing on well, cave uh, paintings they're, they're, or anything they're, like that, rock art or anything. Well, apparently these there there are cave paintings. They can't be seen by the naked eye. Uh, so I'm not sure how they're, okay. how they're <laughs> but. The thing about aren't you supposed to go out and enjoy cultural heritage, the great outdoors? So, how how is it supposed to be protected if like you can't? Uh, as it meant to be maintained? Like, well, I, I would have thought that it's, to... it's pretty obvious that nature is available to everyone. Yes, uh, no matter uh, 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 no matter what your skin color. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, that's that's an entitlement you have for walking on the earth. Uh, but apparently, it's not enough uh, for uh, for for those uh, who have been empowered uh, uh, with uh, with these uh, cultural her- or uh, Aboriginal heritage enforcement. So the Victorian Aboriginal Heritage Council uh, they want the powers to basically enter private property uh, without a warrant to inspect whether you've damaged any supposed. So they want to inspect inspect your crampons. Yeah, so they could come into my home and say, oh, there could be some cultural heritage here. We want to inspect it. Uh, so Western Australia, uh, they formally scrapped their uh, their Aboriginal cultural heritage law, but it's still, <laughs> we, we've still got a 
ultra insane version here in Victoria. And the Victorian Liberal opposition, they're they there's having discussions about whether they're going to continue to support the treaty uh, process or not. John Bushido, apparently there's this uh, process that the shadow cabinet have got to go through. They've got to, I don't know, just go, hmm, hmm, what should we do here? Well, they've got to work out if there's any downside for them, don't they? That's really what they're doing. Well, his seat, John Prosciutto, even though he voted no, uh, Hawthorne uh, voted yes uh, for the... Oh, okay, yep. Uh, so the, in the end, uh, there was 117 uh, elect- federal electorates that voted no, uh, including where where I live, and there was 34 uh, that uh, voted uh, yes, that were all in the, the inner cities. So it sounds like um, there's a whole lot of workarounds at a state level. I think we talked about that a couple of uh, weeks ago. Yes. Where, where, where the mission continues, but in a slightly different form. Well, uh, I saw that uh, Dan Andrews, former uh, Deputy uh, Campaign Director, Kostamari, is now with Redbridge Polling. Uh, his spin on the no vote in Victoria, which was 55-45, is that, oh, Victorians were just voting no to this uh, constitutionally enshrined voice. So we did a poll last year which said that uh, Victorians are supportive of tr- of treaty. I think they should do that poll again, given that polls last year said that Victorians supported uh, the voice in the, the Constitution. Uh, so uh, you're able to uh, spin uh, the the no uh, result uh, to fit what you yeah. want to do. Uh, so whether you want to continue with uh, the, uh, the the grievance activism uh, or uh, want to push the mis and disinformation bill or say that, oh, it actually had nothing to do uh, with uh, the other aspects of the Uluru Statement from the heart. It, were, it wasn't a vote on that after all. So this is the thing about about uh, uh, the 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 people on the, the, the left. They can spin it to, to suit whatever agenda that they have. Yeah. And um, is Dan's seat up for grabs? It is uh, the Mulgrave uh, by-election. Uh, so it is going to be on the 18th of November. Uh, so in a couple of weeks' time, uh, it is going to be a three-way contest between uh, the Labour candidates, uh, the Liberal candidate and independent uh, Ian Cook, whose uh, business was shut down by the the Dandenong uh, City Council, uh, which the uh, which the Labor candidate uh, Eden Foster is actually the mayor of Greater Dandenong, and so is the Greens candidate, also a councillor there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, Ian Cook. Uh, he got around seventy percent of the primary vote at uh, the twenty twenty two state election. Uh, so it will be very difficult probably for a the Labour Party to be uh, defeated. Uh, Jacinta Allen, she's actually, uh, her, her, her ratings are actually better uh, than the opposition leader, John Pesciuto's. His have gone down in the wake of Dan's resignation because there's no longer uh, <laughs> Dan to uh, to campaign against because Jacinta Allen, uh, she well, uh, she's uh, much more pleasant in a public demeanor than Dan was. Gosh, people uh, are easily easily swayed, aren't they? Although uh, she was able, 
apparently uh, she 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 knew uh, the definition of woman last week uh, when she accused uh, Herod's son cartoonist Mark Mark Knight of sexualizing her in what? a in a cartoon. So Mark Knight is probably uh, Australia's uh, best cartoonist. Although Johannes Leake in the Australian uh, son of the late uh, Bill Leake, uh, he is. Uh, is up there as well, but uh, uh, Mark Knight, uh, he is excellent. So he tries to use items that are in the the news and tie it in with the politics. So it was Fashion Week in Melbourne. Uh, Jacinta Allen, she's uh, avoiding a, the uh, a Victorian parliamentary inquiry into the cancellation of the Commonwealth Games. And so uh, Mark Knight uh, drew her nude on the catwalk with obviously a bit blurred out uh basically be- uh, as a reference to the emperor's new clothes no clothes because basically yeah. she's been exposed as having uh no cl- no clothes no cover uh, when it comes f- it comes uh, comes to she was the commonwealth games minister and was yeah. still claiming that oh yes it was fully funded even when they were looking at uh, cancelling it uh, so uh, he was accused of uh sexualizing her and uh mark knight uh he defended his cartoon saying that he doesn't see her as a woman sees her as a politician and he actually drew dan andrews uh naked uh, back during uh 2021 uh during the covid zero era uh so drew him as the nirvana baby because the nirvana baby was in the news suing uh kurt cobain's <laughs> estate and so had him uh in the water chasing uh zero <laughs> covid cases obviously with the bit blurred out and yep. he also uh drew tony abbott nude uh when uh because all the cartoonists drew tony abbott in his budgie smugglers but that's tony right yeah yeah got that's... fined uh for not wearing a mask outside and so it has Tony Abbott walking down the street in his budgie smugglers, uh, uh, but without a mask. And so he takes his budgie smugglers off to put as a mask, which obviously is not under there, but he's uh, that's sexualizing him. His bit is covered up uh, with a, a fine <laughs> a, a, a a ticket paper, fine ticket, yeah. yes. Uh, but apparently, there is a double standard when it comes to. Uh, drawing uh, men and women naked, according of course to there is. criticize the criticize the the cartoon. Uh, so, oh well, okay. And just to end up on, because uh, people are wondering if this will happen here. Obviously, without the uh, um, if you've got uh, non um, uh, petrol or fossil fuel cars on the road, fuel excise is not doing its thing for road funding. Though it depends on where that money actually goes in the end. So uh, with more EVs on the road, something's got to give. And has that happened? Is it in Queensland? Uh, so in Vict- it was Victoria. Victoria, uh, sorry. Our treasurer, Tim Pallas, uh, goes by the nickname Uncle Fester, uh, I think I mentioned previously. <laughs> yep. uh, he imposed a, a just a blanket tax on electric vehicles. That was struck down by the High Court uh, because – it was deemed an excise. It was a 4-3 decision, so it was quite close. And under our constitution, states do not have the uh, power and authority to levy excise uh, taxes and duties. And so basically it has to be, a if uh, electric uh, vehicles are going to be taxed, it has to be a federal one, sort of like how the, the uh, petrol excise tax is a federal one. Although I have to say that it's, it's always... Uh, 
it's always a bogus uh, justification for this tax that, oh, it's to pay for the roads. It just goes into consolidated revenue. Yep. It's not spec kept in a special road fund. And obviously, uh, the Victorian treasurer, uh, he his solution is uh, to a problem is to tax everything. He's got his uh, uh, vacant land tax. He's never seen a, a solution to a problem that doesn't involve tax. All right. Okay, well, that's a lot to catch up on. Thank you, Tim Wilms from the unshackle.net in Melbourne for bringing us up to date. And we'll do it all again in exactly a week's time, Tim, if that's okay. Yes, uh, we, we, sh- we shall see uh, where things take us. Um, <laughs> everything is quite unpredictable, but I it's think it's a roller coaster. We, we, we got through two weeks in one segment. Yeah. All right. Okay, we'll talk again next week. Thanks for coming on again. Thank you, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.